Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The last eight games, the Flames are six, one, and two. Clearly, the team is not on board with the tanking like the fans are. I don't know about you, Dylan, but I'm starting to get irritated by it. Yeah, man, irritated is a good way to put it. Um, I mean, finally, uh, most of the fans were getting on board with, uh, you know, not only just getting younger, but actually selling some of these pending uh, free agents and even maybe some other guys for picks, prospects, young players, um, all that type of stuff. And uh, then the team starts absolutely going off and, and, you know, going four, one, and two, or whatever it is, in the last little while, uh, and now everybody thinks we're contenders again, uh, even though we're not it at five hundred and we're not in a wild card spot. But okay, I mean, if if they're gonna play like they have been, I mean, sure, they could probably probably play in the second round, but first round at least. Wait, first round at least, yeah. But I mean, that's what we've been doing for twenty years. So let's, and then they'll let's have, do something different. And then they'll have four or five guys sitting there without contracts, just leaving. Yeah. That'll be nice. And get nothing for it. Our our typical Calgary Flames asset management. Yeah. As as you know, the jokes are flying around there that you know Murray Edwards is probably on the phone to Craig Conroy saying. All right, let's get back to negotiating these uh, UFA contracts and stuff like that. And it's a re- it could possibly be a reality, and that's terrifying. It's scary to me, man. Like I, yeah. I don't want the team to lose. Like obviously, like I'm team rebuild, retool, rejig, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I know that they're not going to go full scorched earth because it's not entirely possible without without spending a bunch of assets to get rid of players before we get assets for players that are actually worth something. Right. Like, yeah, I don't think it's possible to full scorched earth, but I do think that, you know, you could pull a Dallas or pull a Nashville or pull a, you know, whatever, where you still have a couple of those old guys and they help usher in, you know, you look at, um, you know, uh, Ben and and Sagan and Suter and Pavelski and those guys that they didn't trade. I think they actually got Pavelski after the whole they uh, retooled or whatever. But they helped bring along Hints and Heskinen and and uh, Robertson and all these young superstars they have. And that's like it only took them like. 
two, three, four years to really start looking like a really good team again. And I think we have the opportunity to do something like that. And I know it's not easy to go and get a bunch of superstars. Like what did they get? Ottinger and, and uh, Hints and Heiskanen in the same draft or something like that. It was three of them in the same draft. That's not yeah. entirely possible, but. Is anybody from their scouting department looking for work? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't mind paying them. Yeah, pretty right. penny to come on board but i do like and you can do that you just have to not even bottom out you have to be you know mm-hmm. bottom 10 for two to three years and come back and you can bounce back pretty quick but i feel like the run the team's been on has changed the, a lot of the fans minds unfortunately and i think it's it's almost like a facade and the one who's probably buying it the most is Murray Edwards and Conroy has no choice, but to listen to Edwards. Um, but yeah, exactly. Right. Like I, I agree. I don't, I don't think we need to sell the team. Like let's, let's properly assess and manage our, our UFAs. Like clearly at least four of them should be gone. If not more than that. Um, I mean, and we already know that, that at least four of them don't want to return anyway. So like, what, what are you doing? Like, we're just, you have to overpay them to even stay to begin with. And we don't have that kind of cap room to be paying, you know, an additional million or, or two to people that don't necessarily want to be here and they just want to make more money. You know, so let's let's get rid of those get rid of those guys. Let's you know hopefully somehow manage to get three first rounders next year or two two additional for next year and two additional for twenty twenty five. And if you know if it's if it's possible, then let's let's see where that takes us. Right? Given given the fact that you know, guys like like Zara and Pospisil have been been lighting it up and and has really created a a good bond in team chemistry from, from what I'm seeing so far, you know, maybe, maybe the, the, the cupboard isn't that bad. You know, I, I didn't think that, that uh, possible had this kind of game in him, but I'm loving what he's doing. I don't think uh, I did. I didn't think he did either, but you know, uh, it's great to see. I'm mm-hmm. still not sold that we have any, honest to god top line talent yeah, um, agreed. i agree i i mean on super off chance he's anything more than a second liner mm-hmm. but that's about it like yeah well and that's, but i and do that's think that problem, we have right? a chance to like if you target certain teams you don't even really need to do the first rounder thing if you target the right players, like Kent Johnson is going to be a first liner. Cole Sillinger is already a second liner and he's only like 19 or something like those guys. If you target them from, from Columbus, Columbus wants somebody to play with Gaudreau. It's pretty fucking clear right now. Right. Okay. It's a, it's a clear fit, you know, and that's just one example. There's other, 
other teams that have top level prospects that could be first liners or, or top defensemen or whatever that are mm -hmm. in their system, but they don't, they're kind of buried underneath all the talent they have on their team already, or, or, you know, the, you know, they're maybe too competitive to, to want to put a young guy in or something like that. First round picks are great, but so are like honest to God, really good prospects who are already yeah. proven to be able to produce in the NHL, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if if we do trade guys away for for picks or prospects, we do need people to fill those roles within the team currently. Right? We're still going to need somebody to take faceoffs uh, for for the rest of the season, or or uh, be in the the bottom pairing in defense, or whatever the case may be. That's just, and I've seen a lot of people talk. Like, I'll talk about Toronto very, very. Uh, for, for a short amount of time here. But mm -hmm. a lot of people are talking about Toronto and they're like, oh, we can't take John Klingberg back. And I'm like, well, you need somebody who can play minutes. Are his minutes that quality? No, but it's only one year. And if we're committed to being bad for a year or two, then having a bad defenseman who can play 18 minutes of bad defense but can actually do it isn't mm -hmm. the worst thing you know what yeah. i mean and and you get you, you would get toronto to give you an extra third or something like that to take him for one year for or if it was at the deadline for fucking two months whatever yeah yeah no that's exactly it i mean it, it it's fine to take you know players back if it sweetens the deal mm -hmm. you know if we can get an extra little you know late round pick or whatever out of it then you know whatever we you know we'll have the cap space for that or or if it means that we have to eat some salary for the remainder of of lindholm or or Sodorov or tanev or whoever so be it I mean, we'll we'll have that space we'll, we have that luxury at the moment and you can take i mean it's not that expensive to take half of it and it helps other teams out so much that they give you an extra third round pick for it like it's worth it like brad tree living in order to get an adam cadre paid montreal a first round pick to take one year worth of an injured player how yeah, fucking and... stupid is that but gms do it every year yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I'm really, really glad that Brad's gone when it comes time to what what we're thinking, right? Mm -hmm. I I don't want him or wouldn't have wanted him at the helm for a rebuild or a retool. No, me neither. I I was ready to I was ready to kick Brad to the curb uh, before we started this podcast when we were doing the flaming puck with Ian a, a couple a few years back. I was like, get this guy out of here. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know. and and rightfully so, right? I mean, I mean, really, his only claim to fame, I mean, in, in my opinion, were the were the were the contract signings within the organization um, early early on in his tenure here, and then that that trade to get Lindholm and and Hannafin 
Um, I I thought we got pretty good value or really, you know, really good value out of uh, Furland and uh, Hamilton. Um, Hamilton, right? Fox. Um, yeah, I I do too. Yeah, I mean Fox was just thrown in, right? I mean he, we he wasn't coming anyway, so I mean that was like a nothing, a nothing yeah. burger. And and I'm pretty sure Carolina knew that he wasn't going to sign there. I'm sure they tried, but I mean he, he had already made his decision. I I heard I don't know how true it is, but I had heard that he uh, had told every team but the Rangers and the Islanders that he. Uh, wasn't going to sign with them before the draft. And every team that talked to him, he had told them, including Calgary, and Calgary drafted them anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that's true, then fuck's sake, right? Yeah. I don't don't know if I I believe it fully, but it was clear clear that he wasn't. I mean, Eric Lindros his way out of here and into the loving arms of the Rangers. Whatever. Is what it is. Um, is what it is. Well, while we're on the topic of of pending uh, UFAs and stuff, how about fucking Zadorov? Um, what do you think? We haven't. You and I haven't really talked about it this much. I know it happened a couple weeks ago, but we kind of took a hiatus from from the podcast for a couple weeks there. Um, yep. What do you think of how he went about his business and? Uh, or if you want to call call it how Dan Milstein, his agent, went about his his business, uh, apparently without Zadorov's knowledge, which is bullshit. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, whether yeah, I don't know if I believe that or not. I mean, I I really dislike agents coming out and, and doing stuff like that. Like it, it 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 creates animosity within the room. It it creates just a distraction that the team doesn't need, the organization doesn't need. I'm sure the player himself doesn't need. It's just, just it's stupid. I nobody think nobody Zadorov, wins with that. I think, like, I don't think that you do something like that as an agent without your your player knowing about it and still have a job the next day. Yeah, unless yeah, unless he's really good at his job. Aside from that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if he knew or not, but I, whether I mean whether he did or not, in my opinion, is irrelevant. The fact that the, the agent did it is is garbage, in my opinion. It's bush league, and it's it just it creates. I, I don't I don't think the result is ever going to be what they think it's going to be. Like I I don't think a good outcome is going to come from it. Uh, you know, he could have just gone. You know, Zadorov could have just gone to Conroy and said, I, "Hey, I want out of here quietly," yeah. and and it, the the result would have been the same. Let but things instead, leak and be rumors because sure. they inevitably will, as opposed to having it basically be confirmed before. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, like, we don't need front page news with it. From from what I understand, Conroy. Like, like the whole front office and all the players didn't know about it until mm. they read it on Twitter. Like, that's this yeah. is a professional hockey league, is it not? Yeah, exactly. Like, what's happening? 
<laughs> well, it's just yeah, you you you've heard stories about players finding out they've been traded via Twitter, and I think that's just as much bullshit, right? Like using using Twitter as your means to communicate to the team is 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 ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, so with that, I mean, obviously there 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 is frustration there from from Zadorov for you know ice time and you know stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if he's. I I still think there's there's a rift within within the players. Um, I don't I think know. He alienated himself a little bit. He did with his comments before, saying that the the room wasn't tight and and that there were some some players were not playing as playing for the team. They're playing for themselves, and you know yeah. comments like that, um, which was true. Um, but I was I was just going to say that. I mean, it's fact. Um, yeah. And 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 with that being said, I thought he he showed good leadership and just I mean when when your when your team is garbage. You got to call it out, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm assuming there was conversations in the locker room with the door closed, and clearly whatever is happening there wasn't working. And so at some point, you know, a player's just going to tell you, hey, this, this is how it is, and I'm yeah. fucking tired of it. You know, and and I, I thought it showed good, good leadership on his part when he did it initially. And then, uh, and then this. This whole this whole agent thing just soured it in in my opinion. It was it was stupid. I do agree with him that he deserves more ice time. Um so far this year he's been the second or probably third best defenseman consistently all season. Hannafin has, has had major issues. Anderson is aside from maybe a couple of plays, looked like shit since he got back from his suspension. Tanev is pretty much a shell of the man that he was last year. Yeah. No, I I'll so, agree I mean, with all those things. So, I mean, I I think he has deserved more ice time whether whether it be long term or short term, that that can be whatever as as the days develop, but I I think leading up to that point he he should have been on the second pairing. See, I think that he obviously was pretty good last year and the year before, but I think that I'll I'll give Sutter a lot of that credit because I think Sutter was the coach that Zadorov needed. And mm-hmm. I think since the beginning of the season, while Zadorov hasn't been that you know, he hasn't been the worst of the defensemen because Anderson's been a fucking mess and like you said, Hannafin's had little flashes, but for the most part, you know, not that great. And mm-hmm. And Tanev's kind of showing his age, I want to say. But I don't think that Zdorov's actually been good. I think he's been he, – he's kind of started the season how he ended last season, which was pretty good. And then he's been slowly going downhill. And then right after his agent did that in Toronto and Ottawa the next day, he was terrible. And then he was bad the next day and bad the next day and bad. And he was just, he went from being, he went from before that, he was kind of like one of the better players on, one of the better defensemen on the team, which doesn't even really mean he was very good because they were all bad. And then he just Mm -hmm. switched right to being fucking horrible. (laughs) He had one good game in the middle of that, but he's been really bad since, since the trade 
trade offer or trade uh, request. Yeah, I I don't put them um, that far down as as, as you do, um, but I mean he, he hasn't he hasn't been he hasn't been great. But I wouldn't go as far as to say he's been horrible or bad consistently since then. He's had one or two bad um, periods for sure, um, but I I think still. He, he's he's kind of he's kind of been like the the rest of them, right? Some good, some bad, some meh, and you know that's like aside. Weger's been good though. Weger's <laughs> Weger's been consistently our best defenseman all season. Yep. That that I'll agree yeah. with. You know he's been he's been steady, yep. which is great. He's and he's eating a lot of minutes. He's you know he's he's pinching well. He's you know it's it's been it's been it's been good, right? Mm-hmm. You know, plus, plus whoever's been been parked with with uh, Zadorov, in my opinion, has has been pretty good too, right? Gilbert and yeah. Simone have both been pretty good. Solovyov was pretty good. That's a huge pair. Um, yeah, but no, I agree. Who, whoever whoever has been with them has been pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, exactly, and and. You know, plus we, even when Austerly was 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 up, I thought he, I mean, he, he wasn't great by any means, but I mean, I I would have felt comfortable with him sticking around, being our our six or seven as well. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't have minded them kind of um, cycling in and out, but I do like De Simone better, and I do like mm-hmm. Gilbert better. That's fair, but yeah, that, that's, that's but not I like. not a lot better, just right. a bit. I, I, I like Gilbert, um, depending on who the opponent is. If we need somebody that that thinks they can push us around, that sort of thing, he can be the, you know, the guy that you know gets his gets his glove in people's faces and in the scrums, mm-hmm. and you know, just kind of be that dickhead a little bit. Yeah. Um, as far as his defensive play, I mean, sure, he's he's okay, right? But he's I, steady. I, I, he's I like not he's not eye popping whatsoever. But no, exactly. He's a defensive he's defenseman. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's he's not gonna. He's 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 not gonna uh, uh, quarterback the the power play by any means, right? No. I mean, not not that De Simone's going to to no. do that either, but but at least he he does have a bit of that offensive upside to him. He's got speed. Mm-hmm. He's got lots of points already. I, I don't know exactly how many off off the top of my head, but uh, the, I think there was a point there where he was four points in five games or something like that. Yeah, he was yeah, yeah, quietly going going about his business and and which which is something I kind of like. Yeah, um, he's, good. he's got yeah, he's got four four points, all four assists though. But yeah, four points. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Not a fan of how Zadorov has. Gone from calling people out, calling them in individuals, to becoming an individual and alienating himself from the team. Yeah. Um. Kind of insanely hypocritical, and I think it made a lot of the fan base kind of lose a lot of respect for him. Um, yeah. I don't know about yeah. you, but I, I mean, like, like I said, I I think I think um, his his criticisms were warranted. I, I believe his his uh, 
his want to have more minutes and that sort of thing was also warranted. The way it came out, I think, is bullshit. Yeah, and and I I think his criticisms were warranted as well. Um, I've seen him play top four minutes uh, when other guys have been out, and it hasn't ever worked well. Right. I think he's a perfectly fine fifth defenseman, and I think that he's got some offensive upside and lays big hits and all that type of stuff, but I don't think that he is a guy that thrives with more minutes, so I don't blame them for not giving him more minutes. But I do see where he's coming from because – three of those other guys weren't playing very well either so maybe you know if you're bringing fucking dryden hunt up to play on the first line maybe it's time to try Zadorov a little bit more but yeah i don't know yeah i'm like sorry yeah like i I don't want to play in 24 minutes or anything but yeah but i mean i also don't think there's any reason for him to be playing 12. I'd be really interested to see him as a power play guy. He doesn't he doesn't take the big slap shot, but he's fast enough to get back after he pinches and he pinches a lot. So I'd be interested to see that, but and he enters his zone really well. Well, he's the fastest player on the team. There was one point a couple weeks ago where he had the fastest burst in the league. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. He is. I mean, it, he is it was quick. just a burst, but still. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, he, he's he's quick to get back, and I mean, he's got about seventy-two feet worth of reach. Yeah. With, with his step, right? So I mean. I I wouldn't mind seeing it either, and you know, and if if you're trying to showcase them to to sell them, why not? Yep. Like just you know, use start start selling what you have, right? And like like you said, like Anderson's not the best power play quarterback. Like I've wanted him to be for a long time, but he just seems to when he's on the power play, he seems to not want to creep in. He seems to not want to take shots very often, mm-hmm. even though he's got a bomb. And he doesn't really want to move. He just kind of stays in the middle by the blue line and doesn't just kind of moves like 10, 20 feet horizontally. And that's it. Yeah. And uh, it makes him really easy to defend. And I'm kind of over he, it. He, he has way more movement when he's five on five or in overtime. I know, right? But on the on the power play, he's just he's stationary, and and dull. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't create anything. He doesn't. And it's frustrating because yeah, you can see him doing it when he's not yeah. on the power play, like constantly. yeah, you, you know he has the ability to do it. Yeah. But why? Why? It's like he clams up in the power play, and he's and he's. I don't know. I think our but, entire team overthinks the power play instead of just moving their fucking feet. <laughs> Yeah, right. and that comes from coaching down. Like that's, yeah. and, it, and it, but it's, it's also been a disaster been, for a long time, right? Even before Huska, even before Sutter, even like, I think the only coach I can remember that didn't have a power play that was stationary was was uh, Peters, and obviously that's not something mm-hmm. that 
was ever going to stay, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, that's right. That was the the dark days, right? Yeah. But I wish him luck in Lethbridge. Mm. I'm surprised we haven't heard anything yet, but I'm also, oh, I don't want him to. It would be nice to see guys actually come back from uh, learning their lessons and actually prove that they have, unlike mm -hmm. other coaches like Babcock and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, if he can, if he can straighten himself out and and you know, not show, show that he's <laughs> yeah, you know, if he can do that, then great, you know. Yeah, and I, I think one of the reasons why you haven't heard anything about it is, I think um, Alou kind of got roasted pretty good through social media, and I, and he's been pretty quiet. So I don't, I yeah. think that's the main reason. He's the only reason why he even heard about Peter's even going to Lethbridge in the first place. It's kind of funny. Uh, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, I think it was the athletic podcast I was listening to, or maybe it was puck soup, but either way um, they were talking about how the percentage of the issues that we hear about are from the W from the WHL are so astronomically high in comparison to every other league. It's pretty right. ridiculous. Like apparently the WHL just, there isn't great culture there. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Got a team here. I wonder if there's issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's talk about some good stuff. Last four games were, uh, you know, 3 0 oh, 1, which is fairly impressive in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, again, I, I kind of, it worries me that that we're gonna fool uh, Edwards into thinking we're some sort of contender or something. Um, but there's been some good signs, so let's talk about it. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. A couple of the games coming up in the NHL this week: we got the Calgary Flames versus the Nashville Predators, both coming in at minus one ten. Got the Winnipeg Jets versus Tampa Bay Lightning, both also coming in at minus one hundred and ten. Got the Edmonton Oilers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes coming in at minus 142. Got the New York Devils versus Detroit Red Wings. Devils coming in at minus 155. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. It's void in Ontario. 
Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the NHL League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. The Canadians game. Yep. Flames Canadians. Um, it was, uh, I tell you, it was just action-packed and... <laughs> Oh no! Wait, no, that, that's not the word I was looking for. That was a boring, <laughs> boring game. <laughs> it was, but again, it's nice to see. Like, I think this was kind of the start of of Kadri's strong play, and I'll give him credit because it's due. I'm not. We all know I'm not a big Kadri fan, but he's been playing better, and. I do think that it's more Zeri and, and Pospisil dragging him along than it's him dragging them along. But yeah, uh, whatever works, works, and, I'll, and I'm okay with it. Um, but Zeri really, really popped that game. Um, and he has been popping a lot in general. He takes pucks to nets. He generally leaves the puck in a good spot when there's no other option he finds the safest option and leaves it there which is incredibly impressive for a guy with such little nhl experience um puts it in the right corner instead of into the corner swamped with enemy players um he's he's insanely poised he shoots when he should shoot and he passes when he should pass and he carries the puck when he should carry the puck and like I just don't see many mistakes, and yeah. it's really impressive. Uh, no, I mean both both him and and Pospisil have been like a like a, I mean I I knew that that Jerry had you know some some good upside to him, but yeah. he's really impressed me. Like he's. He's making really smart plays, and I, I was at the game on uh, on Saturday against the Islanders that, that we'll kind of get into as well. But like watching, I, I like to watch the guys away from the puck and, and what mm-hmm. they're doing. Are they are they stationary? Are they you know what are, what are they doing? And like even like I was I was sitting next to my daughter, and and even so I was telling her you know watch watch these two right, watch these two players, and of course you know right. Pretty much five minutes after I said that, Pospisil scores that goal, and uh, and so my daughter says, "Should should we just call him Popsicle?" And I went, "Yeah, that's probably fitting." Um, <laughs> but but she's like, "Yeah, these guys are really good." They're she's like, "They're they're they're not they don't stand around like some of the other ones. They're always moving." And I go, "Exactly, yeah, they're not they're they're moving, but they're not like Mangiapani and Dubé moving where they're just like wrecking wrecking balls." skating in circles they actually seem to have a purpose mm-hmm. yeah and and so i no, i i i really enjoy watching them play and i i think i think they're only going to get better and you know given 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 the right culture and and the right situations i think you know they'll be they'll be a good uh couple of guys in our in our top six for a number of years i I can agree with that. I mean, I don't know if they're going to get better than like Zeri is pretty much at a point of game clip. I don't know if 
that's sustainable. I don't know if, if they're if the production is sustainable, especially once the league starts getting a book on them. But I do think that their play um, and their hustle and their sm- their hockey IQ, they're both very smart hockey players. Um, yep. I think that kind of thing is very sustainable. And it's actually really exciting to me. You know, and it's, and it's really funny because – you know, everybody's talking about about Bedard and and whatnot, and and that's that's one thing that the the Flames media is talking about is the fact that since Zari's got got the call up, he's right on pace with Bedard for for points, right? Yeah, but he, but he's not mentioned anywhere. Yeah, well, it's all because because a lot of Bedard's points are goals, and and Zari's are Zari gets a ton of assists, right? So it's a little bit less. Crazy. I mean, I mean, he's got three goals and five assists yeah. in 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 nine games. I mean, that's yeah. you know, for for a twenty two year old um, who pretty much had one entire season off due to injury, I'm I'm fine with what's going on with. Oh, I'm a hundred percent happy about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you know, and then even even with uh, Martin Pospisil, right? He's I freaking love how he plays the game. Like he he thrashes the net, he hits guys, he wins puck battles, he, and he's, he's not really, taking dumb penalties. No, he's not, and and he's super tenacious. I I really love how he's playing the game. Me too. I totally yeah, agree. I, um, he's he's gonna be if he's not already. They're both gonna be fan favorites for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. assuming that they stay for a long time. Um, yeah. I, I kind of want to get back to this Montreal game because I want to give some more credit where it's due. And I, I know that you're – I'm pretty sure you're on board with this, but I think Markstrom has been, aside from maybe Zari, but like season long, I think Markstrom's been our best player. And I think that he mm-hmm. really has been – really good lately as well yeah i was i think i still think he he struggled a fair bit in the first um three weeks in of the, of the season but i think the softy was still there but he was better at reeling himself in after that and not letting things get out of control yeah that's fair yeah i can i can i can agree with that um, but yeah, Montreal. I mean, he had a a, a nine seven one save percentage. They they threw thirty five shots at him, and he only allowed one. And there um, were some good opportunities there. Yeah, yeah. No, he 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 played a really good game, and and you're right. He has, especially in my opinion, the last two weeks, the beginning of November, and maybe a couple of games before that. Even um, I think he's he's played really really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and um. I, I don't I don't think he's you know, going to be on the on the Vesna list or anything like that. But I think he's he's uh, he's showing his worth either. again. Yeah. I don't think he needs to be on the Vesna list. Like no, that one season was great and epic and all that type of stuff. But like this team, if they're playing to even close to how they, you know, um, 
to their ceiling, even close to it. Mm-hmm. I think that Markstrom at a nine ten throughout the season is plenty to to make the playoffs. And again, again, I'm not sold on making the playoffs, but right. you know. I'm not even sold on Markstrom being on the team all season. If we start selling off, I don't think he'll want to be here, but, uh, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I'm I mean, just, I'm impressed anyway. with how he bounced back after such a, let's be, let's be honest, a fucking bad season last year for him. Like really bad. Yeah. Beyond bad. Yeah. It was, it, it, yeah, it was, it was disgusting. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, obviously he's, you know, he's been in the league for, for a long time. He he knows that he was bad. You know, so it's, you know, there's, is, I don't know that he's necessarily going to want to go anywhere um, outside, even if we do a rebuild. I mean, he's been in, you know, Western Canada for, for like 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, who who knows, right? I mean, uh, I mean, I'm assuming he's he's built himself quite a, you know, quite a quite a lifestyle and a home within a, you know, at the very least a, a nine hour um, uh, time frame between Vancouver and Calgary. So I mean, who who knows what he'd want to do, right? I mean, yes, but also if Lindholm and like Lindholm and Tanev aren't flames anymore. That's mm-hmm. you know, his two buddies, oh, right. And, right? Like, you know, he's been tight with Lindholm since they were kids. He's been tight with Tanev for 10 years. Like, you know. Yeah, his helmets wouldn't make any more any sense again, right? Yeah. No, no his latest helmets doesn't. His latest, no, his right? latest helmet doesn't have Tanev's teeth on it. <laughs> no. The uh, the one he had for made for the Blasty jersey does, I believe, but. But that's still the one from a couple years back. Is it? Yeah. It's the same. It's the same kit. It's the same pads and everything from a couple years back because they're only used it a couple times a year. I thought he had a new helmet made this year for it. No, he had the new helmet for the um, Heritage Classic. And I think he had a new, like, regular home helmet. Right. Anyways, um, Vancouver game. Let's talk about that because, well, I don't think Vancouver played anywhere near as good as they usually have been this year. What a surprise they are. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they were on the second of back-to-backs. They looked a little bit tired, but the Flames have historically just, looked more tired than the team that's on back-to-backs and played worse and played down and and they didn't this time they started slow but they uh pretty much dominated the rest of the game i think yeah they 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 really did that was they took advantage of 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 a tired canucks team on that back-to-back which is not something we're used to seeing but it was refreshing to see yeah, because yeah, you're you're right. We we've always played down to our opponent. It's no matter who the players have been in this organization or the coaching, it's just been a thing for way too freaking long. But for for once, you know, you're right. They started slow, but they 
they quickly recovered from it after that uh, Pedersen goal um, in the in the first there, and that, that was, was like ten minutes in or whatever. And that goal, like people were pissed off at Markstrom for not seeing it. How did you see that? Because obviously, do you um, remember it? I'm trying to think. Was that? Oh, that that was the uh, Markstrom straight the, up in the power move. play, right? The power yeah. play one with the with the pass over that that play developed fast and that pass was brilliant. I totally whether, agree. Whether Markstrom saw it or not, I think is irrelevant because he wasn't going to be saving it. Yeah, and if you look at Markstrom, he saw it. Yeah. He was looking right at Pedersen, and as he was, like as he was shooting the puck, he was looking at him, but he was. Yeah all the way at the other side of the net like he couldn't have yeah. got, like that was a just a really nice play and yeah. it would have been nice to see him like move towards it a little bit but i, I he didn't have a chance no. on it right like no, no. In my there, there is no there, i don't i don't think there's a goalie in the league that would have had a chance at that unless they started moving to their to their left before the pass started yeah yeah like, like that, somebody that was like really yeah <laughs> Like there, yeah. that was that was a really really pretty goal. Yeah, and it it pains me to say that because how I came from Vancouver, but yeah, I mean I you got to give the credit on that play. Like that was that was an unreal pass across to to Pedersen. And they also from, uh, who was that from? That was from uh, Miller, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Miller and Hughes, who at the time, anyways, were the three league leaders in uh, in points. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous. Um, your your favorite defender? Defense, yeah. Um, and the other the their other goal, like just to give credit where it's due, still, like Hoglander, and there's been rumors that Hoglander might be a guy who they trade away in order to get Tanev. And I really like Hoglander, and that goal that he scored is something that we've been missing, which is just tip. It was a nice tip goal, right? Um, I would be happy if if we got Hoglander in a trade. I I think he's the type of guy who's buried underneath some really, really elite talent in Vancouver and hasn't really had the chance to – shine but would given the chance right so when when it comes because you you mentioned Tanev to to Vancouver there and I, I've heard a couple of people say that um now are you, are you just saying that because he played there for for 10 years or like no I'm saying I, that because um I know that well I know that uh, Elliot has been saying that Vancouver has been, well, uh, first of all, Hughes told management that he wants them to get him. And also that uh, they've been calling, but I've also heard that Conroy really doesn't want to do business with Vancouver. Um, And I don't know if that's a a play to get more value out of them or not. but personally, I think it's stupid to not listen to every team. I think that you can't rule out 
trading to a um, Vancouver, Edmonton or something like that, if they give you the best package, you fucking take it. Period. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I don't think there's a single player on the Flames team that should be untouchable. Yeah. For, for the right price. You listen to everything that's coming in right now. Yeah. Like, obviously, you, you want to promote your, your, your pending UFAs more. But, like, at, at this stage, you, you got to listen to everything. Yeah. You know, and even, even if you're just listening to it so you can assess, you know, who, you know, who, who, who you can move out that is under contract and, and free up cap to, you know, whatever sign one of your pending UFAs, whatever, you still have to listen to it. I don't I don't think they should sign the pending UFAs. I like I want to throw that caveat in there, please. Yeah, I, I don't either. like none of them have, have deserved it. Um I've never had a bigger sigh of relief. Hockey wise, um other than when Goudreau scored that overtime winner in Dallas, uh mm-hmm. that I can remember than when we were all told that uh, contract talks have been stopped, and I'm kind of scared they'll restart. But yeah, um, yeah that was some that was refreshing news that day. Mm-hmm. Um, what what uh, what from Nils Hoglander are you um, intrigued by as far as bringing him in? Because I, I feel like. I feel like the team's trying to get uh, bigger and faster and stronger. And he's I, small I mean, and fast. Yeah. I mean, sure, he's – but, if, I mean, also for trading away all our, all our Swedish guys, why do we need to bring him in? I don't know. I, Is he he's Swedish? Not I don't even know if he's Swedish. Yeah. He might be. Yeah. He's, yeah. Okay. Born um, in I don't, Bok-Bask. I don't give two fucks where a guy is from, to be honest. No. Um. I what intrigues me about him is that he's good at like like we lack talent. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yep. We lack scoring talent specifically. I think that Hoglander has been buried underneath Pedersen, Miller, blah 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 blah. Uh, Kuzmenko for for years, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of rotting away. He's one of those guys who has a lot of skill. I remember when he first broke into the league, and they were playing him with Pedersen because somebody was hurt, and he was ripping it up. And I, I think that he has a lot of scoring talent, and and he's fast. And those are the two I biggest mean, holes in our in our team. In my opinion, yeah, I mean, he he played the like not not the uh, following season, but the year after that, he started playing for Vancouver after he got drafted in 2019. He played yeah. he played 56 games in in 2021 and 60 in 21 22. Yeah. Um, with that being said, like with 60 games in 21 22, 18 points, right? Averaging 13 minutes of ice time. So, I yeah. Mean, and a lot of those points came when he was on the top line. And then he got 
booted down once once uh, guys started coming back from injury and stuff like that. So sure, um, as you would. Um, yeah, as as you would, which is fair. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying is he's been very like he is not JT Miller. He's not Correct. a hundred point player. He's not a ninety point player. Probably, he's not Pedersen. He's not Kuzmenko, who who is going to be a forty goal scorer. Book it. He's going to be a mm-hmm. forty goal scorer in this league. Um, and he's just been buried underneath those guys. That's my whole point. Is when he's given shots, he starts producing, and then other guys come back from injury or whatever it is or they start shuffling lines or they fucking change the coach three times in a year or whatever the fuck they feel like doing over there in Vancouver. And then, or, you know, and then he ends up lower in the lineup playing with grinders and guys that can't get in the puck. And that's how he ends up with, uh, with less points. Um, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I just, I've watched him and he has some, some good skill. Yeah. My, I'm, my I'm not saying on, this just my, from, what's that? My, my thought on, in, in, on him is we, we have a plethora of bottom to middle six players. See, I think he's, I think he would be an easy top six player in our organization. I think he's. Well, he wouldn't be right now because, like I said, we've we've got all these these guys that you know anybody on our top line right now would not be on the top line of any other team in the NHL. Anybody on our right? team? Sorry, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't anybody on our top line wouldn't be on the top line of any other team in the NHL? Yeah, I'm saying nobody right. on our team would be on the top line of of any. No, no, correct. Of most exactly. other teams yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, every every line that we have right now, currently, if you put them on another team, there'd be one line lower. Yeah, right. That's a fair thing to say. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's it's. I'll, I'll give you the fair assessment. I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't think he's somebody to, to covet at all. Because I think, I think we need to move into it bigger, stronger. Because for the last almost 10 years we've been drafting fucking five foot nine five foot ten players and they wonder why they can't win puck battles and can't and they get pushed around every single game and, and shit like that and i'm i'm just as a flames fan i'm just tired of it that's fair just, i mean i think we've kind of gotten a little bit better at that lately mm-hmm. um but i still and but i do think that smaller guys with skill you know if they've got the skill then you can kind of get over the you know the big bruising thing that you know there's there's more to hockey than just that that is important Mm -hmm. but you know small skill guys can get you pretty far too right so want to move on to, well i get it's funny because we only talked about the vancouver goals there um that Uyghur goal in the vancouver game was uh oh yeah yeah that, that, was, that rush that, that, first of all a hell of a play 
And yeah. second of all, um, the hell yeah, that shot. pass from Greer. That pass from Greer over, like, that play developed out of nothing. And and yeah. Weger just just a brilliant opportunity that he that he took there and, and 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 greatly rewarded. That was a beautiful play. Totally agree. I'd like to see more of that type of thing. Like actual speed on the rush and taking advantage of of um odd man rushes are something that we've had one line in the last four years that could actually do. <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Um, and I think Uyghur is quick enough to join the rush and things like that and, and skilled enough to put him away. So hopefully we see some more of that. Um, yeah. One, another thing, we were talking about this game, uh, how the Flames usually play down. Um, they were playing their backup goalie, and the Flames usually just – you could just put an L beside the the Flames logo before the game starts if they're playing the backup goalie. Um, but they actually took advantage of that too. Um, Hannafin with a nice little bank weird goal that, um, you know, if you don't yeah. try it, it won't go in. It's not going to go in very often. That's for fucking sure. But um, it went in and that's what matters, right? Yeah, exactly. Dubé, Dubé had a nice little one t- there too. He seems to really like playing in those plasty jerseys. Hey, eh? he just rips it up when they're. Uh, yeah, that's that's his thing, right? You know that that old mean mugging clip from from Dubé like two seasons ago because he scored that really nice goal and he was all, you know, yeah, uh, uh, you know, with a with a goal and an assist and that, right? Like there's there's some nice uh there's it was some, a nice some goal nice situations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah. And you know, that was the monkey off the back, you could tell uh on the on the broadcast, you know, you could see him you know looking up to the heavens and doing mm-hmm. his doing his whole celebration and all that. And it kind of seems to be working. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later when we uh, move on to the next game, which I guess we could just do right now. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because the early bird Black Friday sale is going on now. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with the products like the Everyday Earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. The five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. The faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have to ensure the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, well, you know, actually clean. 
Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their website, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on Raycon's early bird Black Friday sale. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on Raycon's early bird Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off store-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Islanders 5-4 shootout loss. Um actually a pretty character game i thought because we kind of fell down early um yeah you know, we, i mean we scored we scored first and then and then and then we had, down had a long. garbage second period that was a really nice goal from bospisil too just just yeah doing outweighting sorokin in like your fourth or third nhl game as a guy who was a late round pick who kind of could have given up on hockey by now just because of the injury thing and just to do something like that to who is you know a guy who's widely regarded as one of the top three goalies in the in the entire world is uh yeah just really good to see and i want to point this out too i don't think many people saw it I'm pretty sure it was on this goal. Um, there was a touch pass by Zeri. It was like a touch redirection pass at our blue line that he like didn't even have on his stick for like two seconds or even one second and just vaulted it right out to Kadri tape to tape. That was an amazing pass. And then it led to an amazing goal from the kids. And that's just, it's just so good to see, man. It's nice to be excited and, and to be entertained by a game. It's been like a year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that was, that was a game. Zari with uh, a couple of, a couple of really nice assists there. The one uh, to Uyghur in the, in the third period as well. Yeah. Um, and I now, think Jubido and Coleman play really well together. And I'm not just saying that because they connected on a goal there that, uh, that game, but I, I think that, um, I know you've heard what I've been saying about, uh, about Huberto and that he needs meat and potatoes players who crash the net and, and, get in the goalie's way and distract defenders. And I think that that's what's been working about this whole Huberto backlin Coleman thing is that he like Huberto's never really played like even Barkov. Yes. Barkov is a very, uh, very skilled player, but he's also a very meat and potatoes player with lots of skill. Like he, crashes the net he goes for rebounds he does all that he can dangle too but when huberto and and barkov played together 
a lot of their connections were just because Barkov was in front of the net. And that was that's why things don't work with Lindholm or Toffoli or whatever and Huberto because they never really played him with anybody who just crashes the net. Yeah. That's the way I look at it anyways. And I've really yeah, enjoyed the Coleman thing because that's what he does. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. They've they've looked really good together. That whole that whole line has been really um really good together. Um what what would your thoughts be on uh trying not not for any other reason other than just try it, but um given uh Pospisil a, a chance to play with, with Huberdo. Being so he's that same type of player that crashes and bangs and you know what I wanna see? And I or think even, or even Zari. With Pospisil and Zari. Yeah. Uh, Zari I don't think he's played any center at the NHL level yet, but he he's played lots at the AHL level. I don't know if he's ready to do that, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. But even either one of them, if if it's just one of them on his line, I think that I totally agree with you. I'd love to see that. I know that people don't want to break up the Kadri line. Um I mean, but, I I understand that, right? I mean, it's it's tough to justify breaking up a line that works, but at the same time, we're we're trying to see what we have for the future, right? And in my opinion, we need to we need to try these situations because I mean, we know that Huberdeau is going to be here long term unless some something major happens. Um, so that's people to play with them. Well, that's right, and and we still need to. Uh, you know, we still we still need to reach the the cap floor as well, right? So it's, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the contract looks you know really bad at the moment. So what? Yeah. So you just move on from it and 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 try and figure it out, right? So I think you know if we can if we can have you know a, a bunch of entry level contracts and and find a really good chemistry with a couple of kids with with a you know one of one of the league's best playmakers. Why not? Right? Give it a shot. See, see what see what can come from it. The skills in there, and he's starting to show it. Um, yeah. The game last night. Oh, oh, we'll get into that in a second. Um, I just really want to quickly talk about Sharon Govich for a second. Um, mm-hmm. uh, with in the Islanders game, like. I think Sharon Govich is starting to show what he a little bit more of what he is not not fully there yet, but I think that he's starting to show that he does have skill. His shootouts, shootout attempts are just what a rocket of a wrist shot he's got, man! A yeah. crazy little snapper, and he's been scoring a little bit. Like he's only got three goals, but he's he's scored a couple times in the last few games. Um, and he tied up that like he got us that point mm-hmm. out of out of New York. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely. starting to be impressed with him after a really slow start. He, you're right. Like he started really slow, and I, I was I, even um, uh, in training camp. I, I wasn't wowed by him by any by any stretch. I was kind of. I was hopeful with the with that trade 
um, that he would turn into something that would would be uh, exciting. It's taken some time, uh, obviously, you know, new team, new format, you know, new style. I, I think he's going to be a, a really good serviceable, serviceable player. He yeah. does have a lot of skill, more than I would have given him credit for, um, you know, five games into the season. But he's he's definitely starting to show it now, which is nice. Yep. No, no, I agree. Um, I know you know my my thoughts on him from before, like when when we first traded to Foley and, and got Sharon Govich. Um, I know a lot of people in Calgary hadn't really seen him a lot, and I remember being really pumped on him his first year in New Jersey. I um, I was really pumped on that trade, and I was really kind of disappointed with his first. 10 games or whatever, but I, I think he's really starting to show some confidence with the shot mm-hmm. and um, engage in puck battle some more, use his size a little bit. Um, I, I don't think he's ever going to be a you know, 25, 30 goal scorer, but I think he can get, you know, 15, 20 a year um, type of thing and be perfectly a perfectly serviceable and know middle six type uh, type guy, yeah. And a shootout specialist, by the way, and a PK guy, by the way. And by the way, right? Yeah, yeah. That I mean that that was a that was a beautiful um, uh, shot in the shootout. Um, he was obviously he was the only only flame that uh, put one in. I I I've never understood fully why coaches put de- defensemen in in the in the first first round of the shootout it, i guess we should talk about that eh? like i, I know why they the did build, why'd they do it well you've seen you remember was it last year or the year before like anderson has a shootout move he has one right. and it worked twice and then it stopped working and now the, goalie, now the goalies know it's coming now the goalies know it's coming and that's the problem is that the coaches aren't getting off of that when they should be. Um, it was, um, I remember the first time he did it. You remember the first time he did it, right? Like it, everybody's mm-hmm. jaw was on the floor and mm-hmm. uh, now it's just like, that's what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And they probably should stop trying it, but I do kind of also understand it because we've been so bad in the shootout that try put somebody who's not usually in it, in it, but, I don't think Anderson is that guy. Anyway. Well, I, I mean, when when it comes when it comes to the shootout, like I don't know. In my opinion, you you put the guys in there that are that are feeling it, that are showing it on the ice, that are you yeah. know what I mean. They're they're creating something. You know, you've got a couple of kids that have been you know, uh, I mean, short of lighting it up uh, for the Flames, they like. Why not give them both an opportunity? Didn't you know, you don't... didn't Zary go in that? Yeah, Zary in that did. Yeah. he was, and it was to... bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. But I, I still, I agree. I would have rather see uh, Sharon Govich, Zary, Pospisil. Mm-hmm. First, three, yeah, why not? Right, right? and, why and not? I get putting Huberto in there because he's been playing well. But you know, but he's again, he's like he's he's not a. 
he's no, not a dangler. Like like he he's got a nice shot and and can can pick corners and stuff like that in in a you know a screened situation and things like that. But I I yeah in the shootout I I don't think he's going to be super successful. So no. Steinberg was saying on the um on the post game show of that game he was he was saying that um the flames have been doing shootout competitions in practices recently and Huberto's been winning them. Oh yeah. So that is I think who's, why but who's he, who's he shooting against Ladar? I don't know. He's <laughs> He lost the puck on that. Like I don't know what he was trying to do, but he just he lost. It looked bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's good um, that they're it's good that they're at least practicing it. I'll give them that. But I mean, yeah, right. And but I mean, well, I, I would I would probably give Sorokin uh, more of a chance of making a save than than uh, either one of our guys. Know. Either one, you know, let alone one one in particular, right? Yeah. Um. Well, let's move on to the cracking game. So, yep. Lindholm scores. Um, I don't really think either of the first two goals we scored on. Like, Grubauer was obviously injured and was even more injured. Uh, after the period ended to the point where he sat the rest of the game and the cord came in. But, yeah. uh, you know, you take those, right? Like even the flames, I, I hate talking about bounces because I think you make your own bounces, but I think the flames have been playing well enough to start getting bounces. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And both of those first two goals were easily savable, but they scored them, and that's what matters. And the Lind, the you know, the monkey off Lindholm's back. Um, and honestly, Huberto has not only because he's produced. I think it's the other way around. It's not like he's producing, so I think he's playing well. I think he's playing well, and it's translating. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's a crazy difference. Like, I don't think Huberto was ever not engaged, to be honest. I, I I think he just had lost all of his confidence and he was still like engaging in puck battles, but he wasn't winning any, blah, blah, blah. Now he's winning them. And now he's got confidence to make crazy diving passes and, and actually tape to tape passes. And he's got some good line mates who can actually handle a pass and he's you know showing the skill that he's got and it's really good to see because like you were saying worst contract in the league at least one of them if he plays the rest of the season like he's played the last three games not the worst con like fairly oh, decent sure. contract yeah absolutely and and you can tell like just his body language alone in the last three, four games is way different than what it's been for for uh, every game leading up to this. Yeah. Um, you know, he's yeah, he's he's excited about the production, but I mean at the same time, you know, whether he realizes it or not, he's creating that production. 
But yeah. he, like he, he is a direct result of, of his play. And it's yeah. good to see him actually being rewarded properly for it. Because he's, I mean, in my opinion, he's de- he deserved it last year because he was given, he was really given a raw deal with, with, you know, who he was playing with, where he was playing, um, like on what side and all that shit. Like he, he just, you know, he, he was already tough enough for him to go from a offensive first type system to a Daryl Sutter system. So obviously the, you know, the, the, the entire way he's, he's played hockey for his whole career was just upended. See, it, it it shocks me still, even though we've talked about it a hundred fucking times, it still shocks me to hear you say that because mm-hmm. you're a very much a suck it up and play type of a fan. Well, I am, but I can also part. recognize the difference between the, the two systems, right? Yeah. And and you can you can see that it was I mean, it wasn't a good fit for him. And it yeah. just clearly wasn't. And you know, like there's so many different things, like like even just moving from Florida to Calgary is like holy fuck, <laughs> and yeah, and and how that how that trade went down and like this everything about it was is like I actually felt bad for the guy, which is not something I do often. So Jonathan, I did too. take take it right, and I don't like, yeah, he's, you know, th- there's all those other factors like Daryl you know, shitting on him all the time and, and playing him on the right wing and trying to force chemistry with Kadri and uh, moving from Florida to Calgary and getting traded by uh, the organization that you were expecting to be signed by and blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. an entire season was too long for him to suck. Yeah. In my opinion. So... There was all of those things, but there was also, like, he needed to be better. And then coming into this year, I was really excited about him being better. And then he didn't really show it. He showed it in preseason, and then he kind of stopped showing it for the next 10, 13 games or whatever. And now he's been, like, he's looked borderline dynamic a couple of in a couple of uh periods and he's looked like an elite player for five out of the last six periods probably mm-hmm. and uh yeah. if he can keep if he can keep it up man like i i know that there's going to be people who are never going to forget i mean none of us will ever forget but there's people who won't ever get over the bad year uh but we'll see well, that's it. I mean, it's 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 up to him, yeah. right? It's all it's all up to him. I I know obviously I support uh, him keep keeping uh, keeping it rolling. So obviously, as as a Flames fan, I want to see you know I, I want to see the uh, the Hoover Doe of of uh, two seasons ago. I I know that's unrealistic, but three I mean, seasons. I, you know, five seasons ago to three seasons, you know, like he was a point per game for like four seasons before he was the 115 yeah. point player. Like he's, yeah, I he had a bad game. year. He had a bad year and a half. That's, that's that. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully that's that. Exactly. So also, I was actually talking to Richard, you know, you know, our buddy Richard on Flame Sub there, Richard Thorpe. Yeah. He's, he's a good uh, dude. 
uh, yeah, we've, you know, we get into it a lot, but, uh, oh, good and bad. But he, uh, man, he just won't give Huberto any credit. He's like, oh, we're expecting him to be, you know, we're, we're, we're happy with him having three good games and we shouldn't be happy with that. We should be expecting him to be a $10.5 million player. And this is what a $10.5 million player should, should, uh, should produce. And, and I'm like, dude, like at this point, he's played, he's playing the best hockey he's played since he joined mm-hmm. the club. Isn't that what we want? Like yeah, exactly. Do you, you want to see now is the time when we should start to stop giving him shit because he's playing really fucking well. So yeah. let's see where it leads and stop shitting on him for a little bit. <laughs> I think one of the biggest downfalls to most fans in most sports is they focus way too much on the contract. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's there's two signatures on that contract. But nobody wants to fucking call out GMs for for offering the money. To be they fair, Richard does that, on the... and we do too. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, Richard yeah. does. But I mean, yeah. but like that's that's the thing that gets me. You know, people always want to go to the contract. Well, he's not playing like a ten million. Like as far as I'm concerned, nobody's fucking playing like there's ten million. Like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I think they get paid too much for what they do to begin with. So get past that. There's two names on that on that contract. One of them, no, it gets a free pass in everybody's in everybody's viewpoint, right? Yeah, it's always the player. I mean, granted, yeah, the players are the ones that make it happen, but still, that's not, yeah, the the contract be damned. I could give a shit about that. Yeah. I want to see what they're doing. I want to see effort on in every game. That's why these, you know, these these young guys that are coming in on on entry level contracts. I mean, they're they're fighting their asses off to continue, right? To get that big payout. That's the kind of type of effort I want to see after you get that payout. Yeah. No, and I that's, agree. And that's what we're and that's what we're starting to see from Huberto. Not that he was lacking in effort for the majority of last year, or even uh, you know what we've seen this year. It's it's been the the execution, but but when see, you when you see a, a Jonathan Huberto with some swagger. It's very noticeable on the ice. And we should be praising that, I think. Uh, I've seen a lot of people calling him James Neal 2.0, and I'm just like... Get fucked. That's not even even funny. First of all, James Neal was a shit person. Second of all, he was a bad teammate. I don't know if he's a shit person. He was a bad teammate, and he floated. I don't think Huberto was float like maybe a couple games, but Huberto hasn't been floating. He's just been in an extended funk and it's really yeah. it, it's really hard to watch man like yeah none of us yeah, wanted yeah. him to be like that right but you 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 know it affects him personally right because you you yeah. can see it on his face you can see it when he when he when he skates to the bench or when he's on the bench he's always got his head down he's pissed off at himself he's he's overthinking what he's doing and when you start doing that you start making more mistakes but he was and, never yelling at his teammates like James Neal would do. Mike Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's quietly in the corner, you know, throwing yeah. out as many tabernacles as he can possibly imagine. Yeah. Um. Well, let's finish off our recap of this. Uh, yeah. So obviously, there's there's one other player that needs some praise in this game because I know I 
I said he's been dog shit since he's been back from uh, suspension. But Anderson with uh, two assists and a beautiful overtime winning goal. Way to stick with that, eh? Like getting getting your own rebound like that, spinning around and actually being able to to tuck her in. um, Really impressive. Um, But yes, I, I think he's been dog shit. I, I'll agree with you. Hopefully this is him turning it around. Although I don't think that goals and assists are what Rasmus needs to turn around. I think it's uh, <laughs> um, not serving up pizzas to opposing players uh, right in front of our net. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Less of that, please, Rasmus. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's been a couple of games where I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, it's like he forgot how to ex- exit the zone yeah yeah he and he and he hasn't been looking before he passes and it's yeah um yeah speaking of, of giving giving a player praise who you might not like or might not have been playing very well i don't understand why mangiapani gets the first line maybe not the minutes but he's on the first line on paper I don't understand it because he's just not very good in my opinion. But uh, what? Look at that! He, you... uh, he scored while he was falling over. Um, so yeah, good for it, you. But it... way, way to get your hundredth goal and like eighty of them in... while you're falling over by accident. <laughs> in 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 typical bread breadman fashion, falling over and scoring a goal. Good job, Andrew. I mean, um, he's got ten. He's got ten points this year in seventeen games. So, mm. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he's uh, managed to get, you know, the the other four goals this year. But it was been, uh, it's been something. Yeah. You, you know my opinion on Mangiapane. I think we've got pretty much the same. There's some players like Zadarov we uh, we disagree on, and there's other players we agree on, like Mangiapani. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, and the thing, it's funny because we talk, and we've said this on the podcast so many times, we talk so much about effort, and that's one thing. I, I've never seen a game where I can honestly say Mangiapani doesn't give it 100%. Oh, yeah. He's... Yeah, the poster boy for effort. If you take, and I've said this a hundred times, but if you take Mangiapani's effort level and you plug it into Rizika's size and skill, you'll have a forty goal, hundred point guy. Like easy, fucking easy. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? That's that's exactly but it. There's just so, something about Mangiapani where his effort doesn't translate into good hockey often enough yeah oh yeah like he yeah watching him skate around without the puck is is maddening like if you're if you're actually in 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 the arena watching it it's like what are you doing like you just like away from the puck he's just he's literally just it's like you remember when you and down. I were at that Dallas and, and Calgary game at, at the dome. It was like game one or two. We went to both. Um yeah. 
in the first round a couple of years ago. And it was Shillington and Mangiapani. We were both like standing up and yelling so loud at both of them to stay on their fucking feet. And like there was one goal. Shillington was on his ass. Like, I don't want to call Shillington out because he's going through shit, whatever. But like he was on his ass in in uh, the offensive zone when somebody scored on us. And I was just like, yeah, I and I couldn't see who it was. I just saw an eight. And I was like, right. fucking Mangiapani. <laughs> but it turned out it was Shillington. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he had another player that can't stay on his feet. Yeah. Can't keep his life on his feet. Anyways. Yeah, unfortunate. Never want to see that whatever it is happen. Well, we've come to that uh the time of the time of the show where we must uh bid and adieu and a fond farewell <laughs> thanks for uh tuning in uh make sure you smash that you like need to button. start drinking again what's that said so you need to start drinking again <laughs> i know man i know it's been nine months yeah no good for you honestly though nine months and then yeah, my my fake beers now yeah. um yeah smash that like button um Share us with your friends. Uh, we want to uh, we want to try and build some here. If you are in the YouTube universe on uh, Wednesday, the twenty second, uh, Dylan and I will be going live uh, after the game against Nashville. Uh, so come on in, interact with us, uh, give us your comments. We'll uh, we'll we'll discuss everything with everybody. So share it come on have Twitter, some fun share with it on, um, We will share it on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Reddit and all that type of stuff. And, and uh, hopefully last time we, we've done one before uh, the last Nashville game, actually. And it was a lot of fun chatting with people, answering their questions, all that type of stuff. It, it was actually really enjoyed ourselves. I think we'll have to do it a lot more often. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, give us a follow uh, on on X uh, at our armchair GM underscore pod. Um, follow us on Facebook as well, uh, armchair GM podcast, and uh, on Reddit. Dylan, what is our handle on Reddit? Uh, or I guess it's not really a handle, is it? It's it's more more into in the in the threads, right? Yeah, it's well, you can follow us. Uh... You'll see it. It's all over uh, the Flames Flames subreddit, but it's just um, Armchair GM Dash Podcast. Well, everybody, until next time, uh, thanks for tuning in. Go Flames, go. Cheers. Cheers.